This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Alright, turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1. And again, I'll be continuing on this overall topic we've been teaching for quite a while now. And that's God's purpose for the family. And the section that I am dealing with is the purpose for the male husband and father. And subtitle is God's order in the family. So again, as opening statements in Christ, there is no difference in gender nor ethnicity. But in the creation of mankind, there is a difference in gender for purpose sake. And when I mean by gender, referring to a male or female. So God has an intended position or purpose for his male. Never forget that, brothers. God has an intended position and purpose for the male. And before God created mankind, he purposed them to be in the image of his son. And these are things that's going through as review. And then God, had, he on purpose separated men by gender. He made a male man, male, I mean a, a man female, and then he made a, a, a sorry, male, a man and a female. Let me keep it like that. He separated them by gender. And he positioned them according to how he wanted them to function or operate. And so we looked at this in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26. If you're there, say amen. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. And over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So again, it see, you see there in verse 27, it says, God created he him, male and female created he them. So God created male and female. And so the takeaways from this passage is, <clears throat> man is considered male and female. Mankind is, right? And both are equal. Both are in the image and likeness of God. One is not above the other in the Lord. One is not superior to the other but made different for purpose of God in marriage in order to function. All right? So you are a male on purpose. You are a female on purpose. And that purpose has to deal with God. Don't get mad about the gender that you are. I wish I was a man. Or I wish I was a female. No, just be glad God created you in his purpose. And find his purpose where God created you, and then you'll be satisfied. Because it's all about God. You mean think about it. None of us has to be here. Right. And again, I always say that no matter what the situation was, how you came here on this earth, right, how you were born to your family, you didn't ask for that. You didn't choose your family. You didn't choose your parents. But God knew. He knew. It's all about his purpose sake. So God knew what he wanted us to be beforehand, before he created us. And so for the family, <clears throat> there is a pre-described godly order in the family. So God always already has a pre-described order for the family, and it's based on God's standard. And we looked at this last time. We're still in Genesis. Turn to Genesis 2 and look at this in verse 21. Genesis 2 and 21. It says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. 
and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. So you see here the, the, the male man was here first. That was God's creation. And then he made the female from the man. And then he brought the female, the woman, to the man. Right? And I like that. So God just brought this woman to the man. And then, and then here comes man's response to the woman. And Adam said in verse 23, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She is to be called woman because she was taken out of man. So that's what Adam said about her. And then God immediately steps in and says, okay, now you have embraced her. Now you have, have, have uh, said that this is now bone of your bone and flesh of my flesh. Let me put some covenant around this relationship. So now verse 24, here comes God. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. So, and so he's telling them right then and there, hey, this woman, in order for you to uh, cleave to her, to be one flesh to her, you got to marry her. So now you see male and female was based on God's purpose, his order. And then it said in verse 25, when they were both naked, the man and his wife. Now all of a sudden, she's his wife. You notice that in verse 25, right? We went from verse 24, the man and woman, to now verse 25, it's man and his wife. It's covenant. And they were not ashamed. And, and that's the thing you think about a husband and, and, and wives, right? You shouldn't be ashamed of one another. There shouldn't be anything ashamed. You know, when you're naked around each other, there shouldn't be anything ashamed about it. Because that's your wife or that's your husband. You are in covenant together. She is not a stranger. He's not, should be a stranger, right? You're in covenant together. There's order around your relationship. There's ordership around your marriage. That's God's order. Right? And, but if you're around a woman that you're not married to and you're naked woman, then you should be ashamed because that is not God's order. So we're not going to uncover somebody else's nakedness that is not we're not in covenant with. And that covenant is with being in marriage. So again, we see in verse 25, all of a sudden the woman become, he didn't say my wife, I mean my woman. She is my wife. Understand, now covenant is there. And that's God's order. So there is order in God between the husband and the wife. Meaning in marriage, the husband does not treat his wife as God, catch this, there's order. In God, it, or God has an order when it comes to husband and wife, meaning in marriage, the husband does not treat his wife as God, and a wife doesn't treat her husband as God. What I mean by that? The husband and wife have their place, their position, their role in the home, but their role is not God. God takes priority. He sets the, the structure in, in the home. He sets the purpose in the home. So that means as a wife, as a husband, <clears throat> I'm not going to treat my wife as she's God. And as, as, a, as a wife, don't treat your husband as he's God. He's responsible, but he's not God. I hope you understand that difference. He's one that's responsible, but he's not God. Why is that so important? Because now we'll start harping into the things that our wife say or our husband says that is against the standard of God. And then we'll hide behind the marriage that God has a covenant for. You know, it's amazing how people say these things, right? People say, well, I'm going to listen to my husband, I'm going to listen to my wife. But you listen to your husband and wife, you're going against God's standard who established the marriage. 
The only reason you're a husband and wife is because of God. So how are you going to go against God and not cling to a husband and a wife against his standard and then say, I'm doing the right thing? God's like, no, you're not. Because I come, God comes first. Not your husband, not your wife. The only reason you're a husband and wife is because of God's covenant in marriage. See, stay with that order. Because it's amazing. Now what we've done, we've made marriage higher than God. And God's like, I thought I was one that created marriage. Not, now marriage now becomes higher than me. And we treat it that way. Our marriage overthrow, over, overrules everything, including God. No. And so now let's, <clears throat> let's back this up with a few scriptures. Again, how we shouldn't treat our wife as you're a husband, you shouldn't treat your wife as God. And as a wife, you shouldn't treat your husband as, as God. Right? Look at this. We're still in Genesis. Look at this in Genesis 3. This is after the fall of, of man. After Adam ate from the tree that he shouldn't ate from. And after he said, it's the woman that you gave me. Well, I did it, right? So Genesis 3, look at this in verse 17. I like how God addresses the man, Adam. Genesis 3, verse 17. And unto Adam, he said. Right? And unto Adam, he said. that He is God. Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. And has eaten of the tree of which I, God, commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. You see, God is telling Adam here, what I commanded you to do, you don't listen to your wife till disobey that. Get this males. Get these husbands, right? There's things that God has commanded you to do in your home. Whether your wife agrees with it or not, it doesn't even matter. It's not even up for discussion. Why? Because you've heard from God. God has given me a commandment what I need to do in my home. And I'm not going to let my wife change what God has said. That's what I mean by I'm not going to treat my wife as God. Because now her word, it carries higher weight than God. No. She has a place. And her role is not God. So you see here, God dealt with Adam. He said, you hearken unto the voice of thy wife. And then you ate from the, the tree that I told you not to eat from. You disobeyed me. Because of what your wife did? That's not an excuse. And I'm telling you some brothers, you know, and it says, curse for the ground, is the ground for your sake. Some of your homes are in the shambles it is now, man, because you've listened to your wife. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying your wife don't have godly counsel. Your, of course your wife has godly counsel. I'm not saying that. We're not bashing the women here. I'm not saying your wife can't provide you input and people, because we see there's plenty of scriptures, right, with Abraham and Sarah, and Sarah said some things to Abraham that he needed to hear that he didn't want to hear that was based on God when it came to his children. So it was something, we understand that the wife has a role here, but a role is not God. And be honest, even that, if you think about the situation between Abraham and Sarah, all, Abra, all Sarah was telling Abraham what God had said anyway from the beginning. He reminded him. Oh, the, the seed of promise is coming through me, Abraham. Not, not that other child from the bond woman. I'm just reminding you what God said. And that's why I love, you know, that's, that's a, a proper, a virtuous wife. Remind you what God said. Keep you where you need to be at. Alright, so this godly order in the family, and this godly order in the family, this will breed trust and security. See, if I have this structure in place where God alone is in his role 
as the ultimate authority, then you have husband and then you have wife. If you have that godly order in your family, it's going to breed trust. It's going to breed security. The wife will trust her husband. The husband will trust his wife. They will be secure in one another because they know their position and role in the home. See, without the godly order in the family structure, there will be dysfunction in the family. See, if you don't have this order in place, there's going to be dysfunction. What I mean by dysfunction? Dysfunction is not functioning properly based on the intended purpose. Remember how we started this. God has an intended purpose position for the male. So now you have dysfunction in your home. Your home is not going to operate based on God's intended purpose. And because it's out of, uh, it's dysfunction is out of function in the home, that means now you're going to breed competition, lack of trust, lack of security. Because people are out of position in your home. The husband and the wife are out of position. And that starts breeding competition. You're competing with one another. You don't trust one another. Not totally. You know what I mean by not trusting? You're not sure what their motives are. You know, in other words, husband, you know, and, and husband and wife can play some serious games with each other. They can play games. Right? And so now when the games start playing, that's a lack of trust. When the husband, like the, like the husband tell his, tell his wife, oh, honey, you look beautiful today. You're like, oh, what, what did he say that to me for? Right? You know, it's like he wants something. Or he's saying it because he did something. You know, so you tell your wife, oh, babe, you look good today. She said, what did you do? Because she don't trust you. Like, you don't never compliment me like that unless you did something. Now you're trying to butter it up so, I can, so you can tell me what's really going on later. It's a setup. There's, there's a lack of trust there. And there's also a lack of security. You're not secure in your home. You're not quite sure that man is for you. You're not quite sure that woman is for you. Because you're out of position. So there's dysfunction in the home. There's dysfunction in the home because the male is out of position and the female is not in position. Let me say that again. There's dysfunction in the home because the male, he is out of position and the female is not in position. So you got somebody out and not in and there's dysfunction. But you say God joined you together. You need to bring order in your home. So neither of them know their purpose and both the male, uh, both of them are usually competing for supremacy. And you see that between a husband and a wife, they are competing for who is supreme. Who's going to dominate in the marriage? Who's going to have the final word? Who's going to have the final influence? You see that. Husband and wife, instead of being on the same team per se, they are competing with one another in their own home. There shouldn't be competition between a husband and a wife for anything. There's order, not competition. We're not battling against each other. You got brutal rivals right in the house. You got team husband over here. You got team wife over there, and y'all competing. No, instead of, instead of team family, and the order is based on God. So what's the major issue in the Christian home? The male doesn't know where he is. To be positioned, relating to his purpose according to God's order. See, it all starts with the male factor. I'm going to tell you, man, if you get your, yourself in position under God's order, you can bring that wife in. It starts with you. Even though you may be out of, out of position now, you can get yourself in position and it will, it will affect the change of your wife. And if she doesn't fall in line, that's fine. Guess what? Move on. But you need to get in a position. See, no, I'm not going to blame my wife because I'm out of position. I'm not going to pull the Adam card and say, because of the wife you gave me, that's, no, hey, I, that was my choice. I married that woman. 
When I went before that, that preacher, that pastor, whatever, I don't want to say I do. God never said I do for you. You said I do. Just like we saw Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my You said all those words in front of witnesses. And now all of a sudden you're blaming that woman for your dysfunction. No. You, you chose, that was your choice. Now you gotta bring order in your home. Get in position. So it starts with the male factor. The male influence in the home will set the direction in his family. The male influence in the home will set the direction for his family. And that direction in the home means the male husband will set the priority. So as a male, as a husband in my home, I'm gonna set the priority. What is important? I'm gonna set it. And the priority is always God. Get this, man. The priority in your home is always God. And then everything else flows from that. God is the priority. Because without God, you, sh- you wouldn't even be married. Without God and the covenant and the marriage, you'd still be home with your parents. Remember, he said, that's why a man should leave father and mother's house. Well, you ain't left father and mother's house. And said, that means you're by yourself. You're a, you're a single, unmarried man. And God is still, he is the priority. See, that's why, you know, we talk to unmarried men. You know, that's why you need to learn this before you get married. Because in your unmarried state, God is still the priority there. You should learn that principle there before you even talk about bringing in a wife. Learn how God is a priority in your unmarried state. So when your wife comes along, you've already established he is a priority. See, I don't know why unmarried people feel like they're not a family. Oh, I'm unmarried. I don't have a family. No, you, you are a family. With you and God, you are the family. And you setting the tone for your home as a family of being unmarried. And a man should do that. I'm setting a tone in the home. That means the wife walked right into a, a, a situation in the family where, where, where the husband already knows and the man already knows God is priority. He is the priority. Guess what it's not? It's not about making the money. It's not about accumulating all the possessions. That's not the priority. God is. Have that established on married men. He is the priority. And then everything else flows from that. All right, so that means males in a home must receive commandments from God. In order for God to be priority, you've got to hear from God. You've got to receive the commandments from God. God will command you males for your home. God will give you strategies to how to run your home. He will. But you've got to go in position to hear him. Males, put yourself in position to hear from God. And so where do we hear from God from? You're based on God's delegated line of authority. Where is that at? Where is God's delegated line of authority at? Your local church. For you in this ministry, you, it's here. It's in these settings. It's family life classes. It's, it's, it's other uh, classes that we other services that we have where God will command you about your family. You hear God clearly about what's going on in your home. But you got to be here. you got to come. Now, I know we have other avenues for you to hear the message, but it's nothing like being here. It's nothing like it. Nothing like it. You know, to me, those other avenues are there to go back and hear some things that maybe you missed the first time. But it's nothing like being here. Put yourself in a position to be here. And then when you get here, be on time. See, I don't know why we do not have an expectation when we come to church that God's going to show up. God is here. He's here. What do I mean by God is here? God is speaking to you directly. Whoever gets up here and ministers, trust me, they have heard from God to speak to you. 
and you decide not to come. You just told God, I don't want to hear from you today. I got this, Lord. God's like, okay, you, you, you say you got that and I'm not the priority. Your home is going to be on dysfunction. It's not going to order properly. Your husband and wife can start competing against each other. You wonder why your children, are, you know, all this disobedience, all the disarray in your home, because you are yet to come and hear what God has for you. You as a male, don't blame your wife. Well, she can just better this and she can do that. She can do. You need to do your part. The male factor. So that means you got to come and hear what God is saying to you. Put yourself in position. And then when you get here, listen. Don't move around. Don't be thinking about everything else. Sit down and hear from God. And then when God speaks to you, then you have to embrace it. Because I'm going to tell you, some things God will say to you about your home that, that you have put in shambles, it, something will be a tough word for you to hear. Well, I mean, tough for you to hear because it's such disarray there. It's going to take some drastic measure on your part. Drastic because it's something that for you is just totally, you're not used to doing that. Like a lot of things when it comes to male, a lot of things that males need to have is discipline. you got to bring discipline in your home. But the only way you're going to bring discipline in your home is at first you got to be disciplined. And that starts in small things. you got to bring discipline. That means there's certain things I'm just not going to buy. There's certain things I'm not going to say. I'm going to bring discipline. I'm going to be a good steward of my home. That starts with the male. So again, after receiving God's commandments, as a male, I must embrace it. And I must bring it to pass in my home. And because the male is out of position, that's how come your wife, your children, your whole family, they remain unfruitful. And when I mean by unfruitful, we're talking about according to God's standard. Not according to this world standard. You can have some outstanding children from the come the world. They could be making straight A's and going off to college. and I mean, they can be doing all the things the world says is great. But for God, they're unfruitful. Well, let me say, what, how, how do you know if your children are fruitful for God? Can your children serve the Lord? Can your children get up here and minister before the congregation? Well, I... No, because you don't. And again, I'm not talking about this setting like, oh, I'm not teaching. But, you know, there's so many time opportunities you have to minister before the Lord. Minister. You know, we have witnessing every third or fourth Saturday of the month. That's ministering before the Lord. That's going out into the community and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And guess what? You can take your family with you. Well, those days are not good for me. But, you know, guess what? You still have a community. You still have a neighborhood. You can get your little children together and your wife, and y'all can go door to door, house to house, instead of passing out cookies, pass out some tracts and tell them about Jesus. See, that's what I mean. See, that's why I'm talking about discipline. You can do that. God will command you. He'll give you strategies. It's amazing once your, once your family sees that you're about the things of God, the whole tone of your house will change. But they got to see you consistent in that. You're about the things of God versus being about the things of this world. They, they already see you about the things of this world because that's where your conversation is. But what if you have your conversation around the things of God, what he is doing in our midst? This is what we're going to do. Talking to them about the legacy to, to come in the, in the future, you know, their time frame, you know, even beyond their generation. That's what I mean by legacy. Talking to them about those things, passing these things on. See, they know you've spent time with God. 
But many males are either absent, they're not attentive, they're preoccupied, or they just don't know their role. And these males are silent in their homes when they need to be an example. You know, example means someone that is worthy to follow. In your home, male, you should be someone that's worthy to follow. Because your life is above reproach. What I mean by that? You've shown your family that they can trust you. They can be secure in you because they see how you are when it comes to God. You have set the tone in your home that God is a priority. That starts with you, males. Regardless of what the wife is saying, it starts with you. Let them know God is a priority. And again, it's more than just saying these things. It's your actions, obviously, right? Because they heard you talk a lot anyway. You know, a lot of wives, yeah, my husband's just talking. They know. You're a good talker, but the actions will speak louder than words. And it's your consistent action that's going to bring forth a change in your home. So again, many of these types of males who are absent, again, they're not attentive, they're preoccupied. There's a word that we're going to use to call them. These men are considered as henpeck. And so what I mean by henpeck? Henpeck, henpeck is a term that originates from a pecking used by one hand to show dominance over another in an establishment of a pecking order. Catch this, right? So you got one hand going to dominate another hand by pecking at it. And these males, they're henpecked. How are they henpecked? Because they are dominated by their wives who come against the established order of God for the family, which leads to dysfunction in the home. There's henpeck brothers. They're wives. They dominate them. And they're coming against the established order of God. Now, these wives, they browbeat, they intimidate, and the word intimidate means to make timid or fill with fear. These wives manipulate their husbands. And the husbands allow it, and they dare not to contradict them. And so I can hear you brothers right now. I'm not hempet. I got you. How do you know if you're hempet? When you don't put demands on your wife, you are hempet. You have to put demands on your wife. What I mean demands, it is not about being the boss. It's not about you over, over, overruling them, overpowering them. It's not that I, you put demands on your wife. What do you mean put the man? You tell your wife how your home is going to run. Based on what you heard from God. Not based on your, your, your own experience or what you've seen on Google or what you've on YouTube. Not, we ain't talking about that kind of source of your truth. We're talking about God is the source of my truth. Based on what I've heard from God, this is how my home is going to run. That's the demands you put on your wife. And when you see your home is not run that way, you make corrections. Now, if you can't tell your wife that, you are handpacked. You've been browbeaten. You've been dominated. You have been manipulated. So henpecked men, that's what they do. They marry manipulating women. Now, what is manipulation? We're going to be clear on these terms, right? Manipulation is to use something as a leverage to get your way or for your advantage. So as, when I'm manipulating, or you know, these women are manipulating their husbands, they're using something as leverage 
to get their way or to get their advantage. So manipulation is used to move someone for your benefit. I'm, I'm, I'm getting you, I'm manipulating you because I want to move you for my benefit. And they use a word called incite. You know, I'm going to incite you in a certain way. I'm going to move you to action for my benefit. Not for the benefit of the home. It's for my benefit. These women are manipulating. And they manipulate these handpicked men. And I'm going to tell you, brothers, you know your wife manipulating you. But you, you are, you, you're handpicked. You, you dare not to contradict her. You don't, you don't say nothing to her. You got to check some of these sisters. You know, that's the wife you married. It's amazing how this works. You know, like they said, you know, we sit in our vernacular, right? Take your pants back. You know, get your pants back, brother. Go ahead. You know, it's like, it's like you walk around with the dress on and she got the pants on. She dare you to say something. You're handpacked. You, you cannot say nothing to that woman. So what are some of the things that manipulating women use to, as leverage to get their way? And I just got them in an order here. That don't mean it's... I just, I just say what it is, right? The, one of the first things I'm saying first, don't mean it, may not be in your home, but women use sex. When I mean women, your wife. Your wife will use sex to manipulate you. Whether she's withholding sex from you to get her way, or she's doing sexual favors for you to get her way. Either way of that is manipulation. You know, baby, can you just make love to me because you're my wife? I thought that's probably the, I thought we were one flesh. I'm sorry, I mean use one flesh for y'all. We at church, right? The one flesh. We one flesh. So can we have some one flesh time? Right? Because you know I'm the husband, you the wife. We one flesh. Can I have some one flesh time? Does it have to be manipulating? Does it have to be to get your? I'm withholding the sex from you because now you're mad at me because you didn't get your way, or I'm gonna give you sex to get what I want. That's manipulating women. Why can't we just have one, one flesh time? Because we're married. It's, there's no agenda with the sex. It's because we're married. See, that's what I'm saying, husband. Think about this when you start thinking about, well, you know, my wife, you know, why can my wife be nice and usually she withhold? Now all of a sudden it becomes easy. Why? Manipulation is coming. He's trying to move you and incite you to get her way. So sex is one way. Another way is children. Women that manipulate, they'll use their children to go plead their father on behalf of the mother for what she wants. It's amazing how you bring the children in to get what you want. You know, and then, you know, or another way that, that women do with the children, they'll, they'll go back and complain to them, oh, you're just too hard on those children. No, that's classic for women. The wives always think the husband is too hard on the children. Until them bad children get older and you wish you was harder on them. I'm going to spank you just because. You're too hard on them. Hey, call CPS. CPS don't want them bad children either. Like, no, you keep those. We don't have a facility for how bad those children are. That's okay. Those are your monsters. They're going to stay in your house. But women are used children to manipulate their husband to get what they want. They leverage the children. The children are just pawns. See, that's manipulate. You're henpecked. You, I'm, I'm not going to let my wife, uh, my wife uh, uh, manipulate me with the children. 
See, because I already know what God, God already, you know, connect all these messages, right? We are, you know, but Everhart talking about how we need to raise, produce a, a godly seed. I already know the purpose that I am when it comes to father, when it comes to my children. I'm raising a godly seed. Now, if you got issues with me raising a godly seed, then let's talk about those issues. Don't come tell me I'm too hard on them when I'm raising a godly seed. But see, I know what my purpose is. I'm not, I'm not battling, I'm not competing with my wife about how I'm raising my children. Woman, you will be following me. That's what I'm saying. You know, she's, she wants you to follow her. And she manipulates you to follow her. And have you thinking that she's following you. Oh, women could be something else. That brother, you, hey, you better recognize you're being manipulated. The, that's why I said husband and wife, I mean, wives can play some serious games. Because she knows you. So she uses her children to manipulate. Another way they manipulate is money. The lure of gaining money to get their way. In other words, these wives, they know that, they know their husband's all about the money. So now they manipulate them in that, in that fashion. You know, if I, if I get this job, it's going to make more money, then we can do this. Hmm. But maybe if you get that job, make more money, maybe we need to give it towards the ministry more. Well, I don't want to take that promotion then. That's okay. We don't need that extra money then. You're going to take the money? No. See, that's what I'm talking about, manipulation. Now, all of a sudden, you got the direction of a home when it comes to the finances. And you use money. You know, you're going to tell the husband, oh, the more money you make, we can do this and do that. Because that's what you want. You want your way. Any other time the husband's saying, you know, we need to do this. And How about stop spending so much? See, at the time, we think the answer is more money. No, the answer is let's cut down our expenses. Guess what? If you cut down on expenses, simple math, you'll have more money. That's really simple math. Basic math. Stop spending so much. Then you'll have your extra money. Versus I need to make more money and then so I can do more of the stuff that I want to do. That's manipulation. And brothers, you fall right into it because that's what you want. They're manipulating you. You're hand-packed. And then also the job. Women use a job. And this is classic to me how women use a job. They manipulate their husbands. Here's what they say. Women say, I am the breadwinner in the home. You know what it means, brother, when she says she's the breadwinner, right? I mean, I'm making more money than you make. I'm the breadwinner in the house. Again, this is outside of God's order, but they say, I'm the breadwinner in the home. So guess what? You can't tell me how to spend my money and what, what to do with this money. I'm going to set the direction of the home because I make the most money. That's manipulation. And then you so ignorant, you think, yeah, she do make more than me. But I guess she does have a right. I can't tell her what to do with her money. You're hempecked. You've been browbeaten and dominated. And, and, you know, this is the thing to help you out, brother. When she comes to tell you that, you know, I'm the breadwinner home and, and, you know, I make more money than you, you say, yeah, I know. That's why I married you. You say, hey, I ain't saying, you know, gold digger, but he ain't, he ain't messing with no broke. <laughs> so, hey, hey, that's why I married you. That's right. Yeah, you the bread one, and guess what? I'm going to eat some of that bread. That's why I married you. That's why I said that I do. Go make that money so I can put the direction of my home in my house. Bring that money. It all falls in the same pot, Miss Breadwinner. It don't change. Because you make the most money, don't change the God's direction in the home. 
Money does not dictate who has direction for the home. God does. And it's with the male. So, yeah, that's why I say, but I know, brother, you, you, you definitely going to tell your wife that's why you married her. I know you ain't going to even say that. Keep making that bread. That's good bread. We eating good off that. And we're going to keep taking it towards ministry. But that's a manipulating tool they use. Leverage. Money. The other thing is family. What do I mean by family? There's women that run home to their daddy and mama whenever they have disagreements with their husbands. That's manipulation. Why? Because now they're talking to their parents about you to gain an advantage. They're using their parents now. Here's the parents who now become the pawn, right? They're using their parents as leverage. Because they have a disagreement. In other words, you said something to your wife. Again, when you put the man's your wife, understand, she's not, everything you put the man's your wife, she's not going to be in agreement with, but that's okay. I, I, I've heard from God, I, there's not, I'm, just, I'm telling you these things to let you know the direction of home. I'm not telling you these things to get agreement. Some things, I'm telling you, some things when it comes to what God says, it's not up for discussion. I've heard from God. When God commanded Adam not to eat from the tree, there was not up for discussion. And you know, I'm going to tell you, you know how women can be. Well, then God said not eat from it at a certain time. You know, just, you know, they want to ask all the questions around. No, God said just don't eat from it. Well, did, did he mean when it, you know, because it wasn't right? Maybe the fruit wasn't right because we need to wait. God said don't eat from it. See, brothers, here, you know, I'm telling you, and that's just how women, I mean, they start, manipulation starts setting in. Because they're trying to see how can I get in this. And have you questioned, well, what did God say? Well, and you go back to God, God, what did you mean? God like, what I said? Don't eat. Go back to that hem, go back to that being a hempecking wife and tell that wife we're not eating. And they said, for how long? I don't know, until God changes. And he said he's the Lord, he changed not, so I guess we're not eating. See, settle these things, brothers. Some things are not up for discussion. It is what it is. So they use family to, to, as leverage. And, and some women actually use their family as leverage because, guess, remember we said what a, what a man does. He's going to leave his father's and mother's house and cleave to his wife. And they two are going to be one flesh. That means now the wife, guess what? She's no longer in daddy's house or mama's house, however they run their home. She's in your house. So don't let your wife start manipulating you from performing her wifely duties, saying, I'm spending time with my dad and my mom. And, and the house is filthy dirty and you ain't cooked or nothing, but you... You spend time with your dad and mom. You need to come home and take care of this house. I mean, women are you, they're used as leverage, manipulate you. Because, you know, they just want to get away from you. So now all of a sudden they're like, oh, I, I got a dad needs something, mom needs something. No, they got each other, don't they? They'll be okay. I need you here. Or handle your business here first and then you go. See, you're not getting out of your wifely duties and the leverage because of your, 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 because of your, your parents. I'm saying this is, this is how you have order. I mean, these are the conversations. I said marriage is something else, right? These are the conversations that go on behind closed doors. And the henpecked man, they won't say nothing. Well, that's a mom. That's a dad. I can't say anything. Oh, I'm going to say something. And you're going to get mad. That's okay. See, before you leave and go try to care for someone else's house, even your parents' house, Make sure your house is in order. So that brother ain't got nothing to complain about. That sister ain't got nothing to complain about. That's the same thing, too. You know how, how men are about their mamas, right? They're like mama's boys. 
Well, you know, it's Friday. Mama frying some fish today. I'm going to go to my mama's house. I'm like, but you got a wife. She can fry fish too. But not like mama. That's okay because guess what? You didn't marry mama. She can still fry some fish. But that's your excuse. Mama cooking fish today. You're married. And mama calling your phone. Baby, I got your fish ready for you. Baby, I got your fish ready for you. You're married. Stay home with your wife. Your wife like, can I get some time with you? Well, you go with my mama house. No, I don't want to go with your mama house. I don't even like fish. Especially your mama's fish. Because I know what comes with that. You mama's boy. You're henpeck and mama's boy. Right? Again, that's what I'm saying. You're marrying, you're marrying these women that manipulate. Now, remember what we said before. That's why I hope, ladies, you understand that we said this in the previous teaching. That's why I say you have a choice in the marriage covenant. You don't have to say, I do. Remember, they, you know, when you sit there doing the vows, they go talk to the male, and the male at the end, he says, I do, and they talk to the female. You're not like a Noah. You're not like a, they don't, they ask you. And you say, I do. So you should say, no, I don't, and I'm done. I'm not finna get in covenant with this fool. You have a choice. Because then later on, everybody forget that it, that's why it's good to have a, a video or whatever, Streaming, you need to stream that thing live of your wedding. And forget about all the singing and the dancing. Just go right to the vows and keep that just, just rotating, going, you know, just playing all the time. And just, I do. I do. I do. Remember, you said, I do. I do. I do what you said. I do. I do. I do. I do. Play that over and over and over again, repetition, because that's what you said. Out of your own voice, your own lingo, you said, I do. You had a choice. There was nobody like shotgun. There was no gun. There. It was... You said, I do. So now when you end this marriage, now all of a sudden you think, I don't know. You should have said that before. Now you got to work it out. See, these are things that I'm telling you that's so important ahead of time to get counsel and understanding. But now you're in the marriage, now it's so important for you to get counsel and understand. That's why, we're, that's why we teach these things over and over again for years. Because, brothers, I'm going to tell you, you guys, you married to some manipulating women. And in the Bible, the classic manipulating woman is called Jezebel. Now, I'm going to tell you, you, you don't want to be called Jezebel. You just do not. And Jezebel is not about wearing no makeup, painting her face with red. Jezebel is about manipulation. She's the example of a manipulating woman to get her ways. And I'm going to tell you, God has no place for Jezebel. But if you, if you decide to marry Jezebel, God will allow you to marry Jezebel. He will permit it because that's your choice. And you're going to get the fruit of Jezebel all the days of your life. Because you're henpecked. So if you have married Jezebel, guess what? You've got to put demands on Jezebel. Here's the thing about Jezebel. While she spends so much time trying to manipulate, you've got to keep Jezebel busy. See, I'm telling you, God will give you strategies how to deal with Jezebel. Keep Jezebel busy. Jezebel has too much idle time to manipulate. That's how you put Jezebel in check. Instead of saying, I'm, I told her this, I told her that. Stop telling her. Keep her busy. Jezebel don't need no idle time. Guess what? Jezebel needs to work. 
girl, you need a job. I'll pay for daycare. Put you, you need to be on a job. So you can go manipulate somebody's boss because you're not manipulating me at home. Keep Jezebel busy. Brother, I'm trying to help you. Because you're in that thing now. You, it is what it is. You married Jezebel. You said I do to that thing. That was your, you know, you, you said I do to it. But keep her busy. My whole, when I come to my, I'm saying, hey, you tell Jezebel, when I walk in my house, I want to smell hot food. Like me, I want to smell some hot chicken. I want hot right out the grease. Keeping you busy. Guess what? Every day when I walk home, it's Thanksgiving. I want a full course meal. I want my appetizers. I want my main course. And I want my desserts. Off. Every day, I'm keeping Jezebel busy. Well, that means you got to go to the store. I go to the store. I buy it all up. Let's buy it up. Like every day is Thanksgiving for you. Girl, I'm going to keep your tail in that kitchen. Keep you away from manipulating. I walk in that house. It's going to be smelling like nothing but food all the time. That'll help you till you learn. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.com.